Yeah. Why don't you tell me about yourself? Where are you? I think I've talked to you once or twice, but I don't remember where you're from. Well, maybe I'm from Russia. I live in Moscow. So, yes, what else would you like to know? Kakvasavut, minyasavut, Jana. Yanis Nayupruski Namnoga. I studied Russian. I studied Russian in college. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, you, you speak good. <laughs> Spasiba. Oh, oh my god. That's fantastic. My, my friend just, just texted me and said, I'm not even seeing the invite in your in my email. I just invited her to come on through the text. It's not working at all. I'm gonna tell her right now. Let's save this for another day. Because it's so frustrating. She's, we've been trying to get this to work for an hour. So, um, yeah, you know what she need? Uh, sorry to interrupt you. You know what she might do? Because I had the problems with this application as well. I went to the market and tried to download it, download it again. I mean, you just go there. You don't need even to download. You just go and it opens. I don't know why. Well, I've been trying. To, I've been trying to get her to do that. She's tried it on her laptop. She's tried it on her phone. She's tried it from the direct link without even signing up for Holland. Nothing. Nothing is getting her through. So we're we're just going to save it for another day. She, I can tell she's getting too frustrated. So I'd love to chat with you. Tell me about your life. Who are you? Are you a dad? Are you a father? Are you a husband? Yes, I am a dad. Uh, I have. A daughter from my previous marriage. Uh, she's now 21. Now I'm, I'm 48. Yeah. Um, I'm a safety supervisor. I would call it that way. Well, you can you can call it HC manager. Do you understand what is HC means? I mean, have you ever? I've never heard of such. I've never heard of HC. Is that like human resources? Oh, it's health and safety. Oh, health and safety. Okay. Yeah, that fits. I know that. Oh, yeah. So I work for a construction company in, in Moscow and I'm HC head of the department, the HC department. Before I worked for American companies in oil and gas, such as Halliburton. That's that's interesting, because there are yeah. there are many Americans who think Halliburton is a very evil company. So, that's well, interesting. I mean, capitalism is an evil thing. Yeah, I agree. It can be. I'm I'm actually a free market capitalist myself, but I do think there have been a lot of problems with some of the big multinationals. So. I, I'm willing to concede that there have been problems with oil and gas and pharmaceuticals, and especially the juggernaut that is the military industrial complex. I have issues. And I don't even like to call those companies capitalistic because they use so much taxpayer money to fund their work that, you know, you could call them a layer of fascism more than capitalism. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, but you know, honestly speaking, it was comfortable to work for them, but not at the recent years because they changed a lot. Now, 
the finance people uh, actually manage all the things, not the operations. So it becomes it became very very difficult to work there. Uh, I spelled your name wrong. I just retitled the show chat with Misha, but you're M-I-S-H-A, so I'll fix that. Uh, so how how is it going now? It's good. I mean, I, it's always worked really well for me, but um, my friend who I'm going to do this show with, she was she's nervous about doing the show anyway, so I thought we should have a couple of tests test runs but it, it did not go well so <laughs> we can talk about other things so uh how are things in russia how are you feeling about the war just out of curiosity well it's a very complicated story are you ready are you are you ready to spend your your time for that yeah go for it i'd love to hear a russian's view i mean so many people are concerned about the ukrainians i actually have a niece and a nephew who were adopted from Ukraine by my, my husband's sister. They grew up here as teenagers. And so I think most Americans kind of support Ukraine, but I'm interested in hearing, hearing a Russian's take on the war. So go for it. Say whatever you want. Well, I mean, everything, it's a very complicated story. I, I can tell you I'm against any war. So, uh, but uh, generally, generally speaking, uh, I mean, there are both sides. There are two sides of the story, not only one. So it's not only Russia who to blame, but actually the Ukraine and U.S. who supported that. Put it this, put it this way. So this is just about it. Okay, Jenny, I see you're very busy, so. You know what, Misha, you know what if you were just talking just now, I did not hear anything. I think something cut your voice out, which makes me really curious to know what you were, ta what you were saying. So try again. <laughs> well, you know, for some reason you disappear for some time. Huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's somebody on call and messing with my shows, messing with certain topics, maybe a moderator here or there, because I could not hear anything you just said. I can't I can't hear you right now if you're talking.
No, no, I'm just listening uh, to you. But y- y- you seem like you're nervous a little. Are you? Uh, no, I'm not nervous. Can I ask you where you're from? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. This is the famous city which was uh, in some kind of uh, depression for some time, yeah? Yeah, we're kind of like the heart of the car industry. And I grew up there during the 70s and 80s. My husband worked for GM for the first mm-hmm. year of our marriage and um, had to work downtown. And when he got a chance to leave, we, we said, let's get out. We didn't want to raise our kids there. It was really depressing in the 80s. So we came out west. We live in Colorado now. Uh, okay. So how about Detroit now? Is it better there? I think it is a little bit. My sister's still there with her family, but her husband just got laid off. He worked for Ford, which is another big car company. So yeah. I don't know that things are great. You know, the things are troubled all over because of the economic situation. But, um, you know, I loved growing up in Michigan because there was a really rich musical environment and I'm into music. So I love the participating in all the musical stuff. Mm-hmm. How bad is the economy now? I mean, how, how much is, is it changed? Well, the last two year, years of Biden have really seen a lot of inflation. And even though they say we're not in a recession by the old rules of a recession, we're, we're definitely in a recession. I think it might even be a depression, but nobody wants to say that that word. And then, you know, I've heard the definition of a, of a recession is your brother-in-law is out of work. And the definition of a depression is you are out of work. So it's all relative, you know, to what your status is with your job. Mm. Yeah. We have something, something like that is here. I mean, the salary in rubles we receive, uh, they are the same. I mean, we've got the same amount in rubles than we have than we had, let's say, 10 years ago. But the exchange rate for the dollars was twice, twice, le- twice less. So imagine that. I mean, we actually got twice, twice less than we had before. Yeah, that's kind of how it is for us. I mean, my husband's salary has really not changed in the last 12 years, but our costs have gone up significantly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you think about Ukraine? Well, I just, I, I want, I, I can repeat what I said about the Ukraine. I mean, Please I'm do, not... because I, the sound went out. I did not hear you saying anything mm-hmm. until you said, you know, it sounds like you're too busy to talk to me or whatever. You know, I, I did not disappear. I just couldn't hear you. So say it again. Let's see if it, it comes through this time. Well, not, neither you, not, not me have ever visited all these battle places, right? I mean, you did not. I, I did not myself. I didn't go and see it by my own eyes. So I can judge just from the <clears throat> somebody's stories or sometimes for some reporters or whatever, uh, YouTube channels. But um, I felt for the last maybe 10 or 15 years, it has been, uh, everything was preparing 
for that for that war yeah i agree with you yeah and um, i can tell there is all always two sides of this uh, war and uh, it's russia and the us uh, i mean for some reason our leadership our governments they did not come to any agreement i wasn't there i didn't participate i don't know what putin dislike or trump dislike biden or whatever but for some reason they t they didn't want to discuss it and so that's how it happened but now i feel sorry about you know last last summer i worked with the ukrainians i worked for a danish company who were uh, installing the wind powered generators in in russia in some areas volgograd and rostov and then murmansk so and the the crew was polish ukrainian and danish and i talked to ukrainian guys a lot of a lot of them they're so naive they seem to me they're so naive because myself i worked in three countries i i visited 20 countries including the us britain scotland uh, and some others i mean in europe i've been many countries i lived in germany and i worked in africa and kazakhstan and some other places but they were so naive about the democracy and somebody was bringing them the democracy or they just want to participate become a part of the free world and russia is so bad so i just said you you're naive you don't understand how capitalism works so well i believe that the ukrainians are naive and they are caught in the middle of a mess that they did not create and i feel sorry for them i feel like many of them are needlessly being killed in the name of profit for the uh, military industrial complex in america and nato and that they are making money off the backs of the ukrainians in this proxy war between america and russia or nato and russia really it's nato who's waging the war and the biden administration is just going along with it and i would like to see it stop and i also think that the biden administration is using the war to launder money for the democrats in america and we saw this with sam bankman fried's company going belly up and this being exposed that Ukraine was getting money from the American taxpayers. Biden sent billions of dollars. And then Ukraine has sent that money right back into buying FTX Bitcoin. And then you got Sam doling out millions and millions of dollars to Democrat campaigns for the 2022 election in this never-ending circle of money laundering. So the taxpayers in America are not only funding the war, they're funding democrat politics which is illegal they're not allowed to do that yeah. so it's it's definitely being talked about openly that this is happening and i would like to see it fully come out and the people involved uh arrested and held accountable for their crimes so that's my take on it yeah i can i don't have anything to add because i i agree 100 well, with all you said and Zelensky, if you look at him, 
I mean, he's just a comedian. Who could believe? I know. He, yeah, who, he could become a president of an entire country. I, I, I mean, the country doesn't consist not only from young people, but who from the old people would support him? Nobody. He just. Well, uh, you look at all of these world leaders right now. Justin Trudeau, he was an yeah. actor. They've all had this performative training. Even President Obama went through this type of training where they're really good at reading off of a teleprompter. They're good with fielding questions from journalists, sort of, you know, but they've got that kind of personality that's, that comes from being trained on the stage. You know, I'm an actor, so I watch for these things and they're very good with performative stuff. They're not very smart with policy, but they know how to be a good puppet. And so you have this kind of cast of characters on the world stage right now who were in fact, gestated in the World Economic Forum's bases, and they're playing their role. And their role is to be the face of democracy and capitalism, but they're really just puppets for this totalitarian system, which wants to control all of the nations of the earth. And so I, I see the president of Ukraine as just one of those types of people. He's very funny. He's a good entertainer. And he's playing his role right now, which is to be you know, this this bold and brash president of Ukraine while they're under siege. And from the get-go, remember the ghost of Kiev, this pilot who's flying around doing all this daredevil maneuvering with his plane? That was a hoax. And then we had hoax after hoax after hoax that was proven almost within hours or days of it coming out as propaganda. Oh, that was fake. That wasn't real. So you have to question how much of all of this we're seeing on the news is just propaganda. Yeah, I agree. And um, well, I can tell uh, Obama is 100% true. Yeah, he is a, an actor and he is, by the way, a good actor and he made really good speeches, but it's absolutely true that he was not independent in what was he doing. He was not a leader. He was a entertainer and uh, he was just like I don't know a manager in the office something like that who was doing his task and that's it um, as well, for Trump, I think yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think they built a cult of personality around him for the young people because the kids in high school and college they were seduced by this really cool hipster black guy who could read a speech like nobody else, you know, he's really good at giving a speech, but you know, they worshiped him. It was weird because that's, that's kind of different in American politics. You know, Americans are known for being, you know, cut the crap. I want to tell me the truth. And this, this generation of young people who were so enamored by president Obama, I think it was like a cult of personality, like you would see in certain totalitarian governments. Well, maybe you're right. Well, I haven't been to U.S. when he was in in power. It was he was his administration was in power? As for Trudeau, I think he is a bad actor <laughs> and a bad president. I mean, he's just a joke, Trudeau. As for Zelensky, Hollywood and all this media, they have done a really good job promoting him and showing how brave he is 
and uh, all that stuff. I mean, there is so much information about it everywhere, from everywhere, and, and people really think he is a brave guy and uh, fighting for. I mean, you know, I am Russian, yeah, but lots of Ukrainians are actually Russians. I mean, we are all the same. We come from the Soviet Union, and uh, I can tell you from the Soviet person, Soviet, <laughs> Soviet. Uh, a person for, who lived in Soviet Union, like the, them, how how different the picture was shown to the Western uh, audience. It was absolutely different and made just like because uh, they were telling like Ukrainians they want to stay in their own country. They they uh, like they don't want to. Uh, give any piece of their land. They just need the support and all that stuff. You know, I met several Ukrainians in Russia who escaped from Donbass. And uh, I talked to them. I mean, even before, uh, Ukrainians are so tired of their oligarch, oligarchy and all what happened after the Soviet Union collapsed. Myself, I had the same feeling. It was a disaster, you know, and it continued for eight, for years and years and years, for 10 years and more. There's no job, no money. I mean, cor corruption, uh, mafia and all that stuff, Gang gangs and everything, killing, uh, killings, murderings. And uh, people are so tired. And uh, they even hate this country, you know, because all that happened. I watched a testimonial from a man who was working in the Ukrainian government in 2013. Mm -hmm. And he said they were really setting up some good democratic processes and feeling good about the direction that the country was going, like, like they were recovering. And then you had the 2014 coup and this new guy comes in. And he said all of that was undone and it became so corrupt. And he, he felt that from 2014 on, it's just been anything goes in Ukraine with a lot of people being hurt and that the, the 2014 juggernaut, which was largely brought into, into being because of the, Bi the Biden uh, corruption. I don't know if you know, have heard this story. Remember the story of this Shokin guy who was investigating the gas company that Hunter Biden worked for? Yeah, and sure. yeah. yeah, and, you know, Biden came over there and he's like, fire the prosecutor. And they said, no. He said, fire the prosecutor. You don't get the money that we promised you. The Obama administration was going to give them a lot of money. And so they did. And then there was an attempt made on his life, the Shokin fellow. And all of that got covered up. All the, you know... Hunter Biden working on the Burisma board of directors, making all this money. It was crazy amount of money. And what's that all about? What were they doing? Why were they paying off Hunter Biden? What did the Obama administration do for them? These are all the questions that still need to be answered. And Victoria Newland, who's very much a part of Biden's administration today, was the one over there messing with all of it. And so I feel like the war right now is sort of a 
maybe an attempt to kind of expose some of that. I mean, we'll see. The Russians have put out some things about finding bio labs in Ukraine and wanting to hold tribunals to expose what they found. Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, I heard something, but I consider it as a response because uh, first it was uh, like Americans, I mean, American administration who was telling that they, they collect the evidences for for the, for the future court uh, trials, you know. And I, yeah, I just a, consider it as a response, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all American bloggers who've been writing about this and sharing the news because I don't speak Russian well enough to actually listen to what the Russians say, but they interpret it as saying they found biolabs where horrifying things were being done to people, like medical type experiments in Ukraine, and that the government in Ukraine was kind of providing cover for them to do all of this stuff. And there was a lot of human trafficking and organ harvesting, you know, taking people and killing them and stealing their organs so they could be sold Mm -hmm. on the black market. These types of things were happening in Ukraine because it's kind of a hub for international human trafficking. And all of that was being covered up. And the Russians are wanting to help expose all that. That's what I've heard. Mm. Well, maybe. You know, Ukraine... I mean, if you if you look at the at the media coverage, like two thousand three, or oh, just excuse me, I need to. Just sorry. No worries. Sounds like Misha's got a call, which sometimes happen when you're on the phone. Can I hear? Yes, yes, I can. Yeah. So, uh, if you just uh, read the articles in the newspapers, uh, what they were talking about uh, Ukraine, it was one of the poorest country in the Europe, and there were so, I mean, there were drugs and prostitution and everything bad. I mean. If you, re- I read a lot of stories about Ukraine, but for some reasons everything changed. Ukraine became a democratic country, and the people absolutely absolutely different now, and they describe different. And it's so so weird, so funny to read about that. So, well, I, I know, know what, when my. Mm-hmm. When my sister-in-law adopted her two children from Ukraine, there was a group of families who decided to just go get these kids out of this orphanage because they knew that once they aged out when they were 15, most of them would end up on the streets and having to work as prostitutes just just to survive. So they adopted these children when they were like 10, 11 years old and brought them over to America. And there was like 30 of them who came together 
and were part of this community. And now they're all in their twenties and they're very grateful, you know, that they were, they were basically, you know, rescued from a life of prostitution. So that would have been, gosh, probably 13 or 14 years ago that that happened when they were adopted. And so it would have been about the time that things were kind of crazy with the coup in 2014 and the various things that were happening in the government. Yeah, I agree. And it, it was actually a, a very good step of uh, your relatives or I don't know who were they to adopt these kids. I mean, I, I hope everything is... Uh, is fine with their new life in U.S. And uh, I mean, it's good when uh, good people who are ready for parenting adopt people, adopt kids. But that's another topic to discuss. Mm. But as for Ukraine, I just want to say something. Just for the yeah, for some reason it changed. And now uh, it became a democratic country, but uh, we'll see. Ah, you know what I, what I wanted to say? I mean, I didn't dislike everything what was going on because I, I like there were some changes like police, they change, they do some reforms. And even in HEC, which I am uh, fond of and I'm aware of the rules and regulations, they did some changes according to international uh, regulations and uh, requirements which was very good you know mm, i like it and i just was just jealous you said look at ukraine how many new things uh, they they invented you know but i don't know so they just uh, played with the fire when they yeah. uh, brought all this equipment and nato on to the borders to our borders putin will i mean we have a very big and powerful a military lobby here and uh, big army and they will never sit with their hands down you know watching all that yeah i think there's definitely some people who are interested in the war never ending they just want another afghanistan that will last for 15 20 years and they make lots and lots of money off of selling their their war games and their tools and the taxpayers are all the ones paying for it. So I'd love for it all to just stop. I saw that uh, Lindsey Graham, one of our senators was going to go over there and try and help broker some peace. We'll see what he can do. There's probably similar people in Russia who would like to step out and step up and try and stop the war. I look forward to it just stopping. Well, it's difficult, you know. There's a very big pressure about it. And, uh, uh, you know, telling you the truth, I saw one uh, uh, report from uh, Britain during the Iraq war, you know. And the reporter was asking uh, an old guy, about the war and about British guys who who went there. He said, "Tell me the truth. What do you think? Why we 
why were we there and so and so on. What do you think about those guys? And the old guy said, I think they're heroes. They are heroes. And I thought, how could be he so so damn, you know? Because actually they went to the poor country with all this military. I mean, s- such advanced military and uh, so many uh, hundreds of thousands of soldiers and uh, they were much more powerful than Iraq. And uh, this war was for just for oil, not for democracy. And I thought, how could he be so stupid? And I just understand that, that you cannot talk about um, your country. I mean, criticizing your own country is very dangerous in these times, you know? Well, I was, yeah. I was seduced into that thinking. My brother is an attorney in the army and he went to Iraq during the first year of the Iraq war. And I was absolutely mm-hmm. supportive of everything they were doing. We were told that this was this war was to take down Saddam Hussein and his two sons, that they were going to help them set up a republic with their own constitution, and that the people who were there who were killed, it was all for the greater good and freedom and democracy. I mean, I believed all that stuff. You know, I believed it until like 2007, which that was probably like four or five years into the war. And I saw a report that the American military was arresting farmers in Iraq because they didn't want to use hybrid seeds from Monsanto. And they were Mm. arresting them and locking them up as terrorists. And when I saw those reports, I was like, what's going on here? You know, what are they doing over there? And that's when I first started to really question the war. I also watched Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, sure. So I watched that and I heard these reports and I was like, you know, something's off here. And that's when I started to back away from the war. But when you have friends and family who are serving over there, of course you want to support them because you want them to live. You know, you don't want them to be killed. Yeah, but, you know, in in Afghanistan, when we had the Afghanistan war, when we had USSR, it was so unpopular. Even I was a kid and I, I heard my parents talking about it and they were also always asking why are we why are we there what are we doing there why do we, i mean why do we need afghanistan and this is, but as for iraqi war i worked i worked for american comp- company by that time for and drilling you know and i was just uh, so that's when you worked for albert no it was another american company it was park drilling if you heard uh, hey, I've never heard of them, but I have heard of Halliburton. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Halliburton is well known, yeah. But I, I worked for, for different American companies. General Electric as well. And Baker Hughes, Schlumberger. I took different projects. Uh, but, I mean, it's not the thing to discuss now. Uh, and I was just uh, traveling in the bus with a driller, American. He was 100% American, like uh, from South. And I was just stupid to ask him, what what are you doing in Iraq? And he was like crazy, you know, you don't know what, what is, this Muslims can do. They attacked, they attacked us and they destroyed blah, blah, 9-11 and all that. And I thought, I was just like, couldn't believe, you know, 
that I, I looked at the United States, uh, the people, they're so uh, educated and um, because you have, and you had the freedom of speech and the free uh, media, this is what I thought. And I thought everybody knew the truth, you know, but uh, he was like all the rest of the world knew that uh, it wasn't actually the war for democracy or any kind. But um, Americans were so convinced they're doing the right things. So I just uh, avoided the, those topics, talking to them. Well, I think it's important that you engage with Americans where you can, because I think we've all believed much of the propaganda over the years about the wars. I know I did. And when I realized that the FBI, the precursor to the FBI, was set up to deal with people in our country who were questioning World War One. Have you ever heard this? You know, when World War One was getting started, there were many Americans who stood up and said we should not be involved in this war. And the FBI was set up to, to go mess with those people. Some of them were arrested. And the anti-war movement that started at the early part of the 20th century was quickly shut down. And then they've, they've shut down every other iteration of it since because, you know, the people in charge like to make their money off the wars. And so once I learned that, I was like, well, then we've just been gaslit about every single war since World War One, you know. And, and so that's it. I didn't realize that till I was like in my 40s. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But, you know, when Soviet Union, uh, when I lived in Soviet Union and the people were so naive, you know, and like uh, my parents, even we as kids, we understood why our parents were like blind, you know, could not understand. We, we, we thought we were doing uh, everything right in our government. But then when Soviet Union collapsed and all this information came, we thought, I mean, we blame blame ourselves in every scene, you know, every everything what happened. We, we thought we were uh, it, because of this communist propaganda, because of, of Bolsheviks and all that stuff. We have we were guilty in everything, you know. We, we felt that guilt, and uh, but once uh, you know some years passed by and uh, we, we re just realized that it wasn't uh, all from our side. No, uh, I mean, it and, wasn't. And another thing, I mean, I was really surprised, I'm telling you, just how um, money, how brainwashed the people in Europe and in US as well. I mean, they want to hear the truth, but they don't believe. No, 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 it couldn't be. The, the, I mean, they like just like kids, you know. So. Well, it's been so fascinating to me to watch how Marxism has just thrived in American schools, the high schools and the universities. They don't even try to hide it. You know, it's Marxism 101 all the time. And unfortunately, a huge group of Americans believe it and, and think that the socialist uh, 
utopia is just around the corner and we just need to get rid of private property and uh, give up all of our individual liberty and then we'll be there. And it's, it's, you know, it's just so disheartening to see that because I feel like there is a happy place between complete fascism that we've got going on right now with the military and the drug companies and the oil companies and complete communism, socialism. And it's called being an American. You know, we could just be an American. You don't have to be one or the other. And being an American means that you're for individual liberty and free speech and all of the Bill of Rights. And we don't want to trample on other people's rights or be mean to our neighbors or go start wars or pick fights. But we just want to live peaceably and live under the law. And so that's what I promote. That's what I believe. And I, I believe we can stop the wars with, honestly, with technology, by talking to each other and having people like, I think it's so awesome that you're in Moscow, I'm here in Colorado, and we can have this conversation. And, you know, this is the way forward, is by talking to each other and finding common ground. And how do you feel about this? Well, this is what I think. This is the way to peace. And it's, it's why I show up on Colin every day, because I feel like if we can talk to each other, you know, maybe we can talk each other out of a war if there's one bubbling up somewhere you know but if we don't talk and there's just uh false flags and provocations and and whatever you know would i know that putin said his red line was you're not going to have ukraine and nato right that was his red line he said it for years and what do you know we have all these people in nato going well guess what we're gonna we're gonna cross that red line and what are you gonna do about it you know and he responded so anybody who's mad at him doesn't know the history they don't understand why he said that, where his heart is, you know. So I just feel like we have to be on that it's appropriate for countries to have borders and to defend those borders if they feel like it's appropriate. We certainly do in America. And so at least some of us do. So I don't don't know how it's all going to go, but it's just lovely talking to you. I need to go make lunch for my husband, but um, I'll give it to you. Jen, it was real fun and I enjoyed the conversation. You're really smart and uh, uh, thank you for this conversation and good luck to you. Hope to talk to you one day. Yeah, thank uh, you. definitely. Dasvidanya. Yeah. And uh, I, know about, I know about 10 more words. Dobre utra, spasiba vajalsta, minyasa vujana, yaniznaya poruski nimnoga. That's the one I always use. I speak it a little bit, <laughs> but that, but your English is yeah. really good. So good for you. Oh, thank you. All thank right. You. We'll talk another I day. Lisa. Good, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye.